Like I've got a runny nose because it's uh, cold. It means you can like shove your foot in there and then pull it out to check the chair. Rather than like, I feel like I've always had to like tuck it behind the cushion or something and be like. <laughs> Guys. Ah. I, no, I've muted it now, but this is this is a few minutes ago. What was it? Was it playing? What like? I was talking about the water. Like, oh, you could beat your phone here.
Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Church Online. I'm Bex. I'm Hope. And we are so delighted that you're here with us this morning. In fact, if you were here super early, you may have heard a little snippet of behind <laughs> the scenes as we were getting set up. Um, so welcome. If you have, whether you are part of our church um, that sometimes meets together or whether you're part of the online community or whether you're just checking us out this morning you are so welcome here mm. and if you've been part of the online um, community for a little while you watch us quite regularly you might want to join the connect group which meets during the week and that's just an opportunity to catch up together on zoom to study the bible together and spend some time praying for each other as well if you want to find out more about that or anything else to do with our wonderful online church, you can email Libby, who is the online pastor, at onlinepastor at catalyst.vin, and she would love to hear from you and just to connect with you and point you in the right direction as well. And here at Catalyst Vineyard Church, we are one church that meets in many places across Aberdeen City and Shire, um, and so our online site is one of our sites and if you are in the region as well you could have a wee look and you could see if there's a site close to you that you could maybe pop into as well if you're joining us tomorrow night tomorrow this morning <laughs> say a little hi into the um online chat right now uh, a good thing about being on youtube is you can like and subscribe to this video and also you can share it so you can share it to your friends your family anyone who you think um might be interested or like this video Absolutely. And we are so thrilled that Jude, our site pastor from Inverurie, is here to speak to us this morning. And so I'm going to pray to pray to her, pray with her even, <laughs> uh, before she opens up God's word to us this morning. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here, Lord. Wherever we're watching and however we're feeling, Lord, we just bring our weeks and ourselves before you. And we say, come Holy Spirit. Lord, would you just anoint Jude? Would you equip her? Would you give her your words for us to hear this morning? And would you give us hearts that are ready to receive that? We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. 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 So good to be with you this morning. I've called today's uh, preach, You Are Not Alone. Five years ago, almost to the day, I had a phone call from my brother. And my brother told me that their much-longed-for baby, who was now 12 weeks gestation, they'd been told that he wouldn't survive the womb. And if he did survive the womb, then he would die when he was born. And uh, my family or my brother and sister-in-law were faced with two options, really. They were told that they could either terminate the pregnancy uh, because there was no chance of survival or they could continue. And the medical professionals, although were encouraging them to uh, end the pregnancy, they did say that they would support them if they chose to continue. Now, we had said to our children about the fact that my brother and his wife were expecting a baby and they were so excited and so delighted about it and uh, because we knew that the baby was not going to survive we felt like it was really important for us to tell them and so we didn't really choose the best time if I'm honest we spoke to them before they went to school in the morning and my 10 year old at the time Samuel 
was so distraught, he literally ran up to his room and he was crying, please, Jesus, save my baby cousin. Please, Jesus, save my baby cousin over and over again. In fact, he was crying so much that he made himself sick. And a few days later, he said to us that he'd had a picture and that picture was of this baby as a grown man standing at the front of church, in fact, wearing a pink top. Um, so we'll see what happens um, there, whether he does end up doing that. And he was standing and telling people about Jesus. And so my brother and sister-in-law and the rest of the family decided that we were going to cling on to that picture. And at that point, we didn't know that he was going to be a boy. At that point, we had no idea whether he was going to be a boy or a girl. And at their 20-week scan, they decided that they were kind of fed up with people talking about him without a name. And they wanted to find out whether he was a boy or a girl and so that they could name him. And uh, they found out, as you might have guessed, that he was a boy. And I know that there's a 50-50 chance, but that gave them something to cling on to. That gave them a hope, like Sam had had a picture of this boy as a man standing before church talking about what Jesus had done in his life. And the condition that he had uh, means or meant that he probably would never be able to stand in front of a church, uh, let alone whether he did survive or not. Four years later, uh, Ethan Jesse, Ethan Jesse meaning strong gift, is alive. And whilst he has uh, physical uh, difficulties, he actually is such a joy bringer and such a delight. And John and Laura, my brother and his wife, had such a difficult time, a really difficult situation where everything felt like it was coming from each side, saying this baby will not survive. And every scan that they had, nothing seemed to physically change. But they clung on to that hope and decided it's God's God to decide whether or not this baby lives or whether this baby dies. And I, uh, as we come to this passage today, we're looking at Jesus's last words to the disciples. And he tells them, you're going to go through a really difficult time. You're going to be hard pressed on every side. But it's okay, because I've sent, I'm going to send someone to be with you. So let's read the passage together today. Uh, it's John 15. Uh, verses 26 to chapter 16, verses 15. So let's read it together. The work of the Holy Spirit. When the advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they're offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I've told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me where you are going. Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin, righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world, Satan, now stands condemned. 
I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me and he'll make it known to you. Now, it's quite a wordy passage, isn't it? Lots of me's to use. Um, in this passage, Jesus starts by warning the disciples, as I've already said, that they're going to experience a time of great persecution. They're going to be chucked out of the synagogue. They're going to be killed in the name of God. But yet they're not to worry. He's warning them because he says, don't fall away. Why? Because he's going to send the advocate to be with them. Now, the word advocate in Greek uh, was translated from the word parakalete. And in Greek, military parakalete uh, means to stand back to back. So the person that would go out to war with their shield and their sword would have another soldier with their shield and sword standing behind them, watching their back every moment. So that if somebody came up from behind them, they were protected. And that person that came behind them, their wingman, as it were, was called the paracolete. And it's interesting because for me, the word advocate brings much thoughts of law courts and somebody standing with you in a court of law. And whilst the Holy Spirit does come alongside us, it's much more than a clinical law court that happens. It's a relationship like the soldier that stands back to you, a friend and a soldier who totally and utterly has your back. And I think it's really interesting that uh, in this moment, the Holy Spirit or, or Jesus doesn't say to the disciples, he doesn't say to them, I tell you what, I'm going to make sure that you don't get thrown out of the synagogue. I'm going to make sure that you don't get killed. No, he says, I'm going to send someone to be with you, the advocate to be with you in that. And so today we're going to look at three C's that I think that the Holy Spirit does in this passage. And the first is the Holy Spirit enables us to be able to cling on, to not fall away. And as I was preparing for today, I just had the sense that there's maybe someone who's watching who's in a really difficult situation. And in fact, you're kind of thinking, I'm not really sure whether I can believe in this Jesus any longer. Because if Jesus was really real, why would he allow me to experience this suffering? Why would he allow me to go through this? And you've maybe said to the Lord, just this one last Sunday. And I felt like the Lord just whispered to you, the words of, the Jesus, of Jesus, do not fall away. I've got your back. I'm with you. One of the most valued people that I have on my staff, I'm a teacher two days a week, and one of the people I value the most is the PSA. The PSA is a pupil support assistant. And I go around lots of different classes and get to know lots of different children, but I don't know them as well as the PSA knows them. And particularly on a Wednesday afternoon when I'm in different classes, I hadn't realized until this week how much I valued my PSA. I knew that I thought she was fantastic, but she said to me when I came in on Wednesday, you do know I'm not with you on Wednesday afternoon, don't you? And my heart sank. And I suddenly realized I relied on her or I have relied on her knowing the children and being alongside me in my teaching to make sure that we can get these children on board 
for the learning. I wonder, as I felt that like pit of my stomach, oh, in the moment when she told me that, I wonder whether the disciples felt like that about Jesus saying that he was going to not be with them. Because you see, every time they'd come up against a difficult situation, Jesus stood with them and next to them. They could rely on him for his power and authority, but suddenly he wasn't going to be there. But he said to them, I tell you what, it's better that I go. Because you see, Jesus, just like my PSA, could only be in one place at one time. And whilst I wish my PSA could be in more than one place, one place at one time and be with every child in the classroom that I need her to be with, she is just one person, just as Jesus was one person. But when the Holy Spirit came, he could be with every single one all at the same time. So many times in the Bible, just going back to that bit that I said about where um, Jesus doesn't take them, Jesus doesn't say to them, it's okay, I'm not going to um, get you chucked out of the synagogue and I'm, there might be rumors that you're going to die, but I'm going to make sure that you aren't killed. He doesn't say to that to them. And so many times over and over again in the Bible, we see that happening. Just take Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel had been told that if he carried on praying that he would be thrown into a den of lions but he kept praying and God didn't stop him being sent into the den of lions but he was with him in the den of lions take Shadrach Meshach and Abednego they were about to go into the fiery furnace for what they had done God didn't close the doors of the fiery furnace and say don't worry you're not going to have to go in it but when we read the passage in scripture, we see that there was somebody else in there with them in the middle of it. And maybe you're thinking, do you know what? That's fine, Jude, but clearly Daniel, he was unscathed when he came out. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego didn't even smell of smoke. Like they weren't harmed. But actually the situation I'm in is harming me, is really difficult. Just think about Joseph for a minute. Joseph was taken by his brothers, the people that he loved, the people that he trusted, and thrown into a pit. And then he was taken from that pit and taken into slavery. And that slavery didn't last one or two days. It lasted years. And then, even when he was out of slavery, he was chucked into prison for something that he didn't even do. I can't imagine that he didn't have any emotional or mental or even physical scars from that time. But God didn't take him out of that situation. God was with him in it. And actually, it's only now looking back on his story, we can see that God used all of those things for his good and for his kingdom. Ethan, bless him, he still has physical difficulties. He wasn't totally healed, but he is alive and God is with him. And God is with his family in the situation that he finds himself in. And I have a sense that maybe here today, as you're listening, you're thinking, but I'm just begging the Lord to take me out of the situation that I'm in. You have no idea, Jude, how difficult it is. And you're right. I don't. But I just wonder whether the Lord is whispering with, to you today. I'm with you in it my timing is perfect I know what I'm doing so I want to encourage you don't fall away 
And you know, I often think the enemy would have loved for the disciples to fall away in that moment because that would have stopped them being able to do all that they did and the church being built and the kingdom coming and the church even today being the church that it is as a result of them holding on and clinging on and not falling away. And I want to encourage you, the enemy wants to put a stop to all sorts of things that he's got for you. But the Lord says, don't fall away. I'm with you in it. I have sent the Holy Spirit. I have sent my paraclete, my advocate to be with you. So my second point is that the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. And in the passage we read today, Jesus says that he's going to send his advocate to prove to the world to be wrong about sin, righteousness and judgment and about sin because people don't believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to be with the Father and about judgment because the prince of this world, Satan, now stands condemned. As I've already mentioned, two days a week I'm in school and there will never be a day in school where a child doesn't do something wrong, whether it's totally by accident or whether it's on purpose. And if I'm doing my job properly as a teacher, apart from teaching them, uh, I want to make sure that I point out those things to them, but I don't crush their spirit, that I don't crush their character, that I allow them to still be all that they're created to be, but that I point out to them, do you know that isn't the best way of doing it? You know if you did it this way? Because I know more about the world and about how the world works and about what's to come for them than they do themselves. And I'm not saying for one moment, I'm not comparing myself to Jesus or, or to God, but it just helped me to understand what conviction means. It's the pointing out, there's this thing in your life, there's that thing in your life. And I know that if you lay that down and if you say sorry for that, your relationship with me will be sweet and life will be sweeter. And so I don't want it to feel like a heavy thing when we talk about the Holy Spirit convicting, but something that is for our good. Many of you will have heard about the revival that's been happening in Asbury, Kentucky. And it's such a sweet thing. There was a university chaplain who gathered some Christians together in a university um, chapel, I guess. And they, he spoke to them and then they started praying together. And then some of them disappeared off to class because they realized they needed to be in class. And a few of them stayed and continued praying. And as those people that had gone away had this moment, they were like, oh, I need to be back there. And they said to their lecturers, do you know what? I need to be back in the chapel. Is it okay if I go? And so they went and they came back. And as far as I know, that prayer meeting is still going at least two weeks later. And something that I read about on Instagram this week was someone that had been there and he said one of the things that he found so incredible was that one person after another, after another, after another came forward and repented of their sin and said sorry to the Lord for the sin that was in their life. And because of that revival, I've been uh, looking at the Hebridean revival this week. And do you know that it started with two elderly sisters they were both in their 80s one had arthritis and one was going blind and as a result they couldn't get to church and so they were praying in their little cottage they were praying they were asking God to soak the dry land that they saw before them and one of them had a sense that the church of their youth was going to be filled with young people again 
And so they spoke to the local minister and they said, we would really love for you to come around and speak to us. We feel like the Lord's maybe given us something that we need to share with you. And they encouraged the minister to gather the deacons or the leaders and to start praying together. And as they did that, a young deacon started reading Psalm 24. Where it says, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. He who does not lift his soul to an idol. And after he read this, he turned to the others and he said, these are his words, brethren, it seems to me just so much humbug to be waiting and praying as we are if we ourselves are not rightly related to God. Then lifting his hands towards heaven, he cried, Oh God, are my hands clean? Is my heart pure? And he didn't get any further, but he fell prostrate to the ground. And after that, revival broke out. And I've just been struck this week that holiness and sin can't exist in the same space. It's a bit like how in John 1 it says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Where there is light, there can't be darkness. Where there is holiness, there can't be sin. And I was thinking about the amount of times that I've come into worship. And as I've come into worship, the worship leaders so beautifully lead us into the throne room of the Father. The Lord starts pointing out to me, there's this Jude, there's that Jude. You need to sort this out before me. You know, the Holy Spirit shows us our sins so that we realise our need for a saviour. We only realise we need a saviour when we realise there's something that we need saving from. Jesus wants to be our saviour. He wants to point some things out to us this morning, not so that we're crushed in spirit, not so that our character is crushed because he loves us and he created us and he knows us, but because he wants us to be in right relationship with him because he wants freedom for us. And as I was preparing for today, I had a picture of the church, so the church either online or the church in person, on their knees before the Lord in worship. And I know that in a moment you're going to have some more time of worship. And I just want to encourage you wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that you would just get on your knees and you would say to the Lord, you would push your hands into the end. Lord, do I have clean hands? Do I have a pure heart? Lord, would you speak to me? Would you challenge me? Because I want to be in right relationship with you. And finally, I think the Holy Spirit brings clarity about the commission. In chapter 15, verse 26 and 27, Jesus tells the disciples that just as the Holy Spirit will testify about him, so must they. And then later in 16, verse 13, it also says that the spirit of truth will guide them into all truth and show them what is yet to come. In the pages of the Gospels, we see a very different group of disciples to the group of disciples that we see just six weeks later in the book of Acts. What has turned this narrowness into breadth? What has ripened and matured what was already there so swiftly? Yes, the death and resurrection of Jesus was a big deal to do with this. But I don't think it was the whole cause 
there's no explanation of the extraordinary transformation of these men as we see in the pages of the gospel to in acts except that the resurrection and the ascension of jesus as facts have become a reality for them as they met the holy spirit at pentecost they now knew the reason for jesus being on earth for his death his resurrection and for him going back up to be with the father so that they were equipped to be able to go and tell those around them. In Acts 2, we see Peter, who not very long before denied Jesus just in front of one or two people. And now we see him in Acts 2 in front of at least 3,000 people, probably more because that was probably just the men, sharing with them about Jesus's death, his resurrection, and what that meant for them today. And in that moment, because he was able to proclaim it so clearly with such clarity, they were cut to the heart. It says they were cut to the heart and they said in verse 37, they said, what should we do? And Peter says to them, repent and be baptized. And 3000 people were added to their number that day. When the advocate comes, when the Holy Spirit meets us, he will guide us into all truth and show us what is yet to come. He clearly showed the disciples, gave them a clear idea of what it was that he did when he died for them on the cross. Do you know, last week as we were meeting in Inverurie, someone in, in our site just had the sense or just a real yearning in their spirit for those that don't know Jesus. And I just wonder whether he's doing that in us as a church today, that he's giving us a yearning and a hunger to be able to share the good news about Jesus with those around us. And you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that's gonna bring clarity of what it is that we're meant to say and who it is that we're meant to speak to and where it is that we're meant to go. I read this week that we don't seek revival because revival brings performance, but we seek Jesus because Jesus brings revival. Church, we need to be desperate for more of Jesus. And I have a sense that he's calling us into a greater sense of purity and holiness. And so I just want to encourage us to throw our hands in the air and say, Lord, do I have clean hands and a pure heart? So this morning, as I draw this sermon to a close, I want you to hear that even if you're in a really difficult situation, even if it feels like you're being crowded in on every single side, that the Holy Spirit is with you in it. He doesn't promise to take you out of it, but he does promise to be with you in it, to be by your side, to have your back. And we'd love to pray with you this morning. Maybe you could pop in the chat uh, if you're watching online what that is and uh, Bex and Hope can pray for you this morning. And I also want to encourage us that the Holy Spirit wants to convict us. He just wants to point out the things in our lives that we need to get sorted. So I want to just encourage you as we worship, just as I said before, to ask the Lord, do I have clean hands and a pure heart? Start with me, Holy Spirit. And then finally, if you want to see a transformation of the Holy Spirit in your life in terms of being really clear about the good news of Jesus and how to share that with those around you we would also really love to pray for you and i'm also really aware that my story about ethan may have brought up stuff for people 
maybe the situation that you're in just now or maybe a situation you've been in in the past and actually there's some pain that's there as a result of that. We would also really love to pray for you too. So just as we close, I'm going to leave you with the words of my wee nephew, Ethan. Well, they're not actually his words, they're Jesus's words, but it's him saying them. Particularly for those of you that are in difficult situations just now. So let's listen to him. Hello, I am Ethan. I am Ethan. And I got a guy. Bible with be you and knowing that I'm God. Good boy. So Lord, we just thank you that you are with us. We thank you that you don't leave us on our own. We thank you that you're by our side every step of the way. And Lord, we say to you today, we're going to cling on to you. We're going to cling on to your promise that you're with us and that you don't leave us. And Lord, we say, do we have clean hands and a pure heart? Lord, would you show us the things that we need to sort out before you this morning? We come before you on bended knee, before the holy king of all kings, and we say, would you point out the stuff in our life that needs to be sorted? And Lord, would you help us to be able to proclaim clearly what it is that you've done for us on the cross so that other people might know you? We ask that in your mighty and powerful name. Amen. 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 I don't know about you, but I know for me it felt like the Lord was highlighting a whole number of things during Jude's talk. And so we're going to make space um, to invite Jesus into that and to respond to that. Uh, we believe in a God who wants to have a relationship with us and who speaks to us today. And so we are going to make space to pray for that. Um, but also, just as we were both preparing today, we had um, similar words independently. And so we're just going to share them. So as I was preparing today, I was listening to a playlist um, that Spotify had made me of songs that I used to love listening mm. to. And some of them, when I heard them, I just thought, oh, these don't feel like me anymore, actually. They don't feel like they fit with who I am. And I just felt like maybe for some of us, the Lord is highlighting things in our lives that actually aren't us anymore, that as we've drawn closer to him, there are things um, that it's time to let go of. And Hope, you had a similar word as well, yeah, didn't when, you? when I was in the car coming down, I was listening to a song called Heart of Worship. And in the song it says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Um, and it's all about you, Jesus. And I've just kind of like a sense of what are you putting as the heart of your worship? Like... Mm. Is it all about Jesus? Is that what you're putting at the centre of your worship? Is that what you're giving your time and your attention to? And so if those words feel like they're for you, or if there was something in Jude's talk that you want to respond to, um, perhaps you just want to put your hand on your heart wherever you are, um, just as a sign of saying, Lord, I hear you and I want to respond to you. And Hope, would you pray for us in that? Come, dear Lord Jesus. We just pray that if um, any of these words correlate with you, that you just take time. You take time with Jesus. Hmm. We just pray for, you know, a new, a new sense of um, new things coming in instead of, like, all these things that you could be carrying instead of, like, we just pray for 
a new upturning of what you're giving your worship to. And as Jude said, for God to highlight what you're um, putting your time and your energy into. Mm. We just pray for a new rebirth of that, of getting right with Jesus. Amen. Amen. And just as Hope said there, we're about to go into a time of worship, but it feels like that sense of being right with Jesus, of bringing ourselves before the Lord, is just something that God is speaking to us across the life of our church in a number of different ministries and in a number of different ways. And so just as Jude mentioned, um, I believe it's an opportunity for us to just kneel before the Lord, to kneel before the King of Kings and to say, God, would you start with me? Would you make me holy? Would you point out the areas where I need to confess and repent? And so if you're able to, you may just want to kneel, and I'm going to do that as we go into worship. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you are speaking to us today. And God, we just bring every part of our lives before you. And we offer it to, us, to you again. Lord, would you um, point out areas that you want to bring into alignment with your will as we worship you now? We just recognize that you are sovereign and that you are God. And so we choose to worship you. Amen.
That's our prayer. Lord, would you fall on us? Amen. And perhaps as Jude was speaking today, it brought up things that you would love to pray with someone in more depth about. Perhaps particularly the story about Ethan and Samuel contending and saying, Jesus, would you come and make my baby cousin better? Maybe that feels like you today. And so if that's you, we would just love to invite you to get in touch with our online pastor, Libby, at onlinepastor at catalyst.vin. She would love to chat through that with you and to point you in the direction of someone who can stand with you and who can pray with you in that. And if you would like to find out more about what's going on around the life of our church, um, then please head over to the description box on YouTube uh, and you can find a link to all the notices and what's happening in and around our church at the moment. Mm -hmm.
Um, so the next thing that we're going to speak about is giving um, and how I'm going to speak about how giving has like impacted me. Um, I think really the only reason why I'm able to like be here and lead is because of like the generosity and the investment of like the, that the church has given me yeah. um, throughout my years of even when I was just a toddler to going into kids to then being in youth and just like the investment and the generosity of the church is the reason why I'm able to be here and why I am who I am. Um, so if you want to um, give or know more about giving, just go to give.catalyst.vin. Amazing. And we have loved doing church with you. Um, whenever you're watching this, whether you're watching live on Sunday morning or you're catching up during the week, it has been so much fun to be here. And so we are going to say goodbye and we will see you next time. Do you want to say anything else? Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what came over. <laughs>